this is the inaugural episode of Get in the Driver's Seat. We're telling stories about leadership moments in small to mid-sized professional practices. I'm your host, Sandra Beckor, Practice Management Coach at Beckor Management. I'm excited to introduce our brave <laughs> first guest, Bonnie Wisner, a registered holistic nutritionist and the founder of Shift Nutrition and Wellness. Bonnie helps people get to the bottom of chronic digestive issues so they can live their lives without the discomfort, embarrassment, and inconvenience of persistent symptoms like chronic constipation, gas, bloating, and heartburn. Healthcare professionals, they just tell it like it is. (laughs) Bonnie is generous with her online tips, recipes, and ideas. She has 2,000 followers on Instagram to prove it. 1.2 thousand followers on Facebook, enviable engagement in Facebook groups, community awards year after year, consistent referrals, and fantastic programs with complimentary professionals. She's too humble to tell you all of that, but I I dug it up. (laughs) Welcome, Bonnie. Hi, Sandra. Nice (laughs) Nice to see you and thank you for having me here. Oh, it is so exciting. You are in an interesting field. Nutrition is trendy nowadays. People talk about superfoods. I mean, that didn't even used to be a word. Yep. And now you can buy kombucha at Costco. Come on. I know. (laughs) I know. I know. It's crazy. So we can laugh at ourselves a little bit. But we are wellness curious. So tell us. I know you have lots of recipes on your site. What has aroused the most interest from your market? And is it because it was disgusting or it was delicious? (laughs) The most popular recipe um, has been. And the most popular recipe that I shared this year was something called an inside out egg roll or egg roll in a bowl actually is what it's called. So imagine all the contents of um, an egg roll, um, but without the wrapping and the fried wrapping, it's absolutely delicious. And it takes exactly 10 minutes to make, which I actually think is another reason why it's so popular. So, Bonnie, you have had quite the ride in your career. You've gone from corporate advertising executive to registered holistic nutritionist. Yeah. I bet you didn't expect to be giving people advice about gut health when you were working on big ad campaigns. Nope, I definitely didn't. My trajectory is particularly humorous since... The businesses that I ran on the ad side were actually mostly fast food. Um, oh. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so I definitely didn't anticipate this. However, I always did have a personal interest. So my approach, actually, I would recommend what I did for anybody who's tenuous about needing to pursue additional education in order to take the next step, because I actually decided to just dip my toe in um, at the beginning, course by course, because in my case, that meant going back and doing a lot of science courses that I was never really saw myself as being that strong at, etc. And so I literally did that. I sort of said to myself, I'll take it course by course and see if I can manage the studying and the whatever. And I loved it from the second I started pretty much. And um, that was two years. And then from there, I went into practice on my own. And just to continue that thought pattern, the reason that was, again, a bit of an interesting decision is, I don't know if you're aware of this, but 
I would say most people who do what I do as a registered holistic nutritionist, um, you're not really employable. <laughs> there aren't really jobs. It's a different designation than a registered dietitian. So most people who do what I do, who pursue the holistic or natural nutrition route, um, you can practice. I mean, I have a very thriving practice now, but it would involve um, building it yourself, definitely. Um, mm -hmm. So that's, that's a decision that I had to make. And I chose to do that on my own. I didn't, you know, some people will work for or with a naturopath, perhaps. Um, some people will work, you know, in some sort of a, a retail environment, maybe. Um, but that wasn't for me. So I knew that I wanted to do this on my own. And I took step by step. And I remember at the time, I was, I think I had just turned 50 when I graduated. And this woman who I, in the place where I rented space at, another holistic nutritionist, she was older than me by a bit. And she said, yeah, it'll take about five years until you start to feel some traction. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> at 50, I was like, oh no. <laughs> but I just kept going. And anyway, a few things happened from there that actually, um, you know, helped. But at the beginning, it was very much putting one foot in front of another. You have to build awareness of what you're doing, who you are, um, what type of work you do, do you specialize, right? Um, all of those things sort of step by step. And so it was very, very part-time to start with. Um, and I always sort of found ways, right? So rather than, for example, investing in a rental space right off the get-go, um, I opted to um, work actually in a holistic clinic in exchange for hours where I could use their office space for consultation time. And that was amazing because I had never even spent any time in an alternative health clinic. And so it was nice to see that the naturopaths there, the massage therapists, the um, acupuncturists all had more than thriving businesses. Like they were doing very, very well, which I found inspiring. And this other holistic nutritionist also had a very, um, very, very robust practice. And so it was nice to be around people who were doing what I was looking at to do, sort of modeling what they were doing, because I knew they were doing it successfully and in a good, in a good environment. Um, so that's what I chose to do until such point that I had enough of a practice that I just, I actually stayed in that same space, but I rented space from them um, properly. <laughs> and away we go <laughs> from there. Oh, that's great. I love how you, at every stage, you took out the risk from your decision making. And, you know, we think about change as big and scary. But if you treat it as a smaller step, and you remove some of the risk, you said, instead of embarking on the whole program, you took a few courses, that's a smaller decision. Instead of opening your own office, you joined a group of successful uh, people in your field. And yes. not only did you remove the risk from the own of the office, but you also had people to learn from. Yeah, that's a great point. Actually, I hadn't thought of it like that. But as you were speaking about it, it occurred to me that that's how I run my practice too with people in terms of the coaching part of the practice, because change is a bit scary. Even if you're just talking about changing your diet, which isn't just, it's actually a big deal or aspects of your lifestyle in pursuit of improved health. Um, I think that it is smart and I've learned actually through coaching that it's reinforced that it's smart to actually bring people through change in, um, you know, a biting off what you can chew sort of way versus going all in. And I mean, 
I'm not going to say this is a blanket statement because obviously some people, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but I'm sure there are um, areas of life where you can go all in and take a risk and be successful. But generally speaking, just even in the type of work I do, when someone does that, it's usually extreme and not sustainable, right? So I see, I guess that's how I approach um, what I do professionally as well. Well, or it can freeze you from making a decision. Correct. Yes, definitely. Yes. I've, I've had, I've run into situations like that where it was like in the last two years where it was sort of time for the next step to grow, you know, like, do you hire someone to help get rid of some work that I didn't need doing, for example. Mm, Right. So I think that's not, yeah. And that's not an uncommon issue for, you know, solopreneurs, right. It's like all of a sudden you have to decide if I want to grow, I can't be doing X, Y, and Z, it's taking up too much of my time. And um, in the type of work I do, you know, obviously, I do a lot of consultations and preparing clients plans and strategies. And that's the working in my business part. But there's probably an equal amount of time I spend working on my business, right. And so I, I did choose to hire somebody a year ago, this past August, And that was a smart decision. That was a really, really good decision. Yeah. And, you know, hiring somebody um, when you're not sure that you're ready, that's such a common um, milestone for professionals. You know, the debate is typically, well, should I go and get more clients? I feel like I can't even handle the work I have, but I'm scared that I don't have the revenue to bring on another full-time employee or my first full-time employee. Yeah. you know, and what you did is you turned it into a part-time. And I've had this discussion with clients where, you know, we've discussed the merits of turning that job into something else. So it's not full-time so that you can get the help at least temporarily or try somebody out so that, you you know, you get a little bit comfortable with, is this the right person before you make a big commitment? And now I'm really perfectly imperfect. And I get a lot more wow. time being perfectly imperfect. I and love I love that bonding. I love it though. It's so less, it's so much less stressful. And I was very nervous about coming out and being very clear about a digestive health practice because I was worried that I would lose people who wanted some other services from me because I was small and I was growing, right? So I think that's also something that most people find them spot people find themselves in. And I also had a partnership or an affiliation rather with um, like a group of family doctors, which I do to this day. So they were a great referral source, mostly for blood sugar management. I was very nervous about that, but I got to say, almost to the minute of declaring that just on my Instagram profile or um, starting to talk about it more in a much more um, regular manner, in communication in my Facebook group or in my newsletters, right? I, I felt like right away that's what people knew what I did. And I felt like my practice exploded from that point forward. So I think that it is really important to tell people what your niche area is if, you, if, if you're in the type of um, service industry where, including the type of thing you do, right? Like, what do you, I don't know what you think of that, but that seems to have really um, been helpful. Oh, Bonnie, I am thrilled that you shared that story. Oh, good. I am thrilled. And and the reason I say that is 
I started this business over 15 years ago, and I can't tell you how many times I have had this conversation with lawyers, architects, engineers, dentists, you name it, whatever type of professional. And they, the conversation goes the same with every one of them. Uh, what do you do that's different? Uh, we're not that different. Everyone in our business is the same. <laughs> I'm like, right. um, no, come on, think about it. What do people tell you when they write a testimonial? Why are they loyal? And dig into it. And oh, okay, now we found something. How would you like to declare that as difference? Oh, no, we're going to lose our other business. But is that other business significant? Well, no, but still, we might. <laughs> yeah. And, and here, the way you described your experience, you said it exploded. Exploded. It tripled. For real, it tripled. And I do attribute it to that. I definitely do attribute it mostly to that. And surprisingly, it didn't really diminish. First of all, it didn't diminish calls I was getting as referrals from other clients I worked with for bloodship, for example. And I'm not sure if it diminished other calls or not. I don't think so. But the truth is, um, and I guess this is a position that I'm lucky to be in and anybody who makes the choice is lucky to be in. But I only want to work with certain types of clients, right? Like right. there's certain things I know I can best service them with. So I'm not, um, I've been known to refer out things that I don't necessarily either have a great interest in doing or more importantly, um, whether I could provide the best service for that person who's calling. Um, I really believe in seeing specialists for different areas, you know, whatever you need. To well, be honest. And that's, that's a perfect setup because you're doing the work that you love. You're going to do better work because of it. You're going to know the area better and you're going to create a referral system because you're referring out. They're going to refer back. I've, I've found that one of the most uh, wonderful things that happened through the pandemic because people were spending so much time online were the partnerships and collaborations that I actually was fortunate to sort of find or or develop just because people were so connected in a different way. And everybody was sort of at the beginning, like, uh, what do I do now? You know, right. so it was kind of neat. So those collaborations, because I've noticed them on your, on your social media feed, and I can see that it sort of created an opportunity for you to expand your reach. Yes, and, exactly. You know, That's a strategy of mine. Yeah. So did you pursue that or did you stumble into it? How did, the, how did that sort of take off? It's been a little bit of both, honestly. I mean, I tend to, uh, behind the scenes, there's a lot of connections that I've made with people who do exactly what I do, even, or who niche slightly differently. Um, and we've developed like nice kind of relationships and respect for each other. We learn from each other. I'm part of a nutritionist collaboration behind the scenes. Um, we just practice share, sort of really like learn from each other. Some of them are even gut health um, specialists themselves. And none of us are particularly concerned about that because the bigger or the better we all are, the better it is for, you know, the people we service and the better it is for us as a result as well. So um, that's been really fun because you know what it's like when you are in business for yourself on your own, right? <laughs> you kind of spend meetings going, is that a good idea? Yeah, sounds good to me. I you know, agree. yeah. So that gets tiresome after a yeah, while. It does. Lonely, lonely at the top. Yeah, 
But some of the collaborations have been things that I have sought out. So strategically um, admire somebody or someone who has a really good following on um, in social media who has an audience that might, I think, cross over with mine. So I'll approach people. I'm not shy, like in that way at all. They, don't, they often say no, but um, sometimes they say yes, right? And then there's been other areas where for podcasts or for, um, there's a lot of people who put together health summits, right? So I've been asked to be like an expert speaker at um, digestive health summits, which are all distributed online as well. And that's been an amazing way of growing my audience, which is really my biggest challenge because it's very confusing beyond referrals to generate growth among an audience if you don't have a huge budget. Um, and even if you do have a huge budget, to be honest, I'm not convinced um, a few years in that that's actually even necessarily the guarantee. Um, so my strategy has been to actually really approach people who I, I have to genuinely respect what they're doing. And there has to be some sort of connection. If I next year, early next year, I have a speaking engagement with um, somebody who kind of approached who's just she is an influencer her program isn't that big the one that I'm going to be speaking at but the second we got onto zoom and started talking we knew that our missions were aligned and like we could really provide for people together in an authentic way so that's what I really like but my from the audience growth perspective um you know I, ha I do you mentioned that I have um a pretty loyal audience and I do but you sometimes do feel like, I guess my biggest challenge is that you sometimes do feel like you're talking to the same people over and over again. And what I'm, what I'm providing is complicated in a way, right? Like the communication of it isn't that straightforward. Um, and I've learned also that in terms of that type of um, messaging, like anything that's non-referral based, that people probably need to see hear from me, hear me speak, really watch me for quite some time before they pick up the phone and decide that I'm somebody that they might want to work with. I'm talking like outside of referrals, right? Oh, yes. I mean, there's the element of trust. Mm -hmm. And it's so personal, this service. Um, yeah. It's also, there's an educational <laughs> aspect of it not just in terms of your approach, but in terms of people understanding that there is a service that actually can help. My target group predominantly are people who have struggled for quite some time with either pain or bloating or chronic constipation. And I'm sure that they do feel like they've tried everything, right? And the difference, I'm sure you can attest to this in the type of work that you do, um, the difference is really in the personalized coaching right? In yeah. helping somebody customize solutions, figure out how to optimize their digestive function for them. And this relationship I have with these family doctors that I mentioned has been helpful because, um, I mean, without getting into all the details of digestive health issues, it's not something that, um, unless you have an organic disease, like, you know, inflammatory bowel disease, or something like that, something really diagnosable, it's not something that is being well serviced in family practice these days. And it's just because it's, it's really very specific, it's a lifestyle oriented service, right? And we don't yeah. really 
provide lifestyle medicine in our traditional conventional environments. No, so it's yeah. So it, there's a few steps, right? Like people have yeah. to understand all the steps. Kind of right. Absolutely. And I, I mean, your marketing does a great job of that, Bonnie. Thanks. So I think this is a good segue for a story about somebody who made a shift. So your business is called Shift Nutrition. Yes. <laughs> Can you tell us a story about somebody who got it and then they felt better afterwards? They recognized your value. Sure. I'll make you a deal. I'll tell one if you tell one. <laughs> I want to hear one from you too. Awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, who to pick? So this isn't my typical target group, but I found that this was one of the most remarkable clients I worked with all year. Um, I got a call through referral from her doctor um, by a woman who was at the time 89 years old. And this woman called me because she was fairly inconstant. She had di really bad diarrhea and was pretty much existing on, um, um, oh gosh, one of these supplements, right? That um, help you not have diarrhea anyways. And I don't remember what it was called right now. It doesn't matter, but um, that's not the way she wanted to live. This woman was in generally good health. Um, and actually it was funny because when she first called me, she was shouting into the message machine, into my voice now. When I picked up the message, I really thought to myself, I don't think I want to work with this woman. And then when I called her back, I realized she was shouting because she wears um, hearing aids, right? right? Anyways, so good idea to always give someone a chance. Anyways, so <laughs> we connected and this 89-year-old woman was receiving service through Zoom, lives on her own, makes her own meals. And the amazing thing, the reason I'm using her as an example, obviously there are other examples. This one, in terms of a shift, was amazing because we did. We took it in small steps. It wasn't just the food she was eating. It had to do with her daily movement, like body movements. Um, it had to do with, actually in her case, we learned, might be a little diagnostic, but we learned that there was some pelvic floor issues involved. So I referred her to another specialist um there were a whole bunch of pieces but she was remarkable to me because she was first of all so engaged in the educational part she used to be a nurse she was so on top of the educational part she was drinking everything in I mean you would I know this is ageist but you wouldn't necessarily you wouldn't necessarily expect someone at that stage of their life to be prepared to change the way they're eating or to change even much about their day-to-day she was all in. We developed the most beautiful relationship. She ended up going from having to rely on the supplement, these, um, uh, anyways, the supplement three or four times a day to only having to take it one time a day, which we were going to take as uh, a win, 100%. And she no longer was worried about leaving her house because when somebody has that kind of an issue, um, urgency around diarrhea they're very worried about leaving their house and imagine the beauty of somebody her age again wanting to go out and live her life when she she actually came to my house she lived locally so she was dropping off her intake forms at my house and this woman drove herself up to my house right like just the most inspiring and at the end of the day again the two things I found the most incredible about her transitionally was uh, obviously the fact that she 
was successful, right? The fact that what she did um, garnered results that she was looking for. But beyond that, the fact that she was ready to learn, and this wasn't like a temporary thing. She is now doing things differently. Brilliant. That is such a great story. I loved it. And obviously that's not my set. Like it's not like all my clients are in the, we celebrated her 90th birthday while I was working with her. Wow. But it was a good story. You gave her her life back. Right. So that's how she, that's actually how she described it because she really enjoyed going to visit her family locally. Um, You know, when she had family from out of town visiting, she wanted to be able to take them to restaurants and things like that. So yeah, that is how, how she kind of looked at things. But I'm telling you, like right from the daily stretching exercises I recommended to, I mean, really, this woman, Sandra, went gluten-free for a little while at her, you know, stage of life. It was remarkable. Yeah, I can see your your passion coming out as you describe this story. It's clearly why you do what you do. I love it. How did she find you? Considering that she she hits some of you know she checks some of those boxes of ideal clients. How did she find you? Yeah, that's a good question. So she's not on social media at all. She was referred by her family doctor. In that and case, how, how did her family doctor know of you? Because I um, I have been not working with, but um, I have a great referral source in a group of seven family doctors in my neighborhood. And that started about, gosh, a long time ago now, probably six or seven years ago. Um, They hired me to come into their practice to do blood sugar management counseling for their pre-diabetic and diabetic patients. So that used to be an in-person thing. No longer doing that in person for obvious reasons from their point of view. You know, these are like really small examination rooms. And this was group counseling, like two or three people at at a time, but they've been very generous um, about referring their patients to me, which is really interesting for, again, any doctors working in the con- in conventional practice, because most of their patients are um, of the mindset that involves, you know, OHIP, right? And my services are not covered by OHIP, they're private and insurable, so. Right. Well, there's that thread about the collaboration and developing and nurturing these relationships with complementary professionals. Absolutely. I always say that the key to getting a marketing plan right in professional practice is to pick something that you're good at and stick to it and not to feel the pressure of trying to copy what everybody else, all your peers are doing, because it's going to look different every day. You know, there's a yeah. new social site, there's a new, a new event, there's, there's a someone calling you with a deadline on a, on a, a press um, advertising opportunity, there's always going to be something. And if you know yourself, you know what you're good at, you know what your interests are, and you just keep getting better at that. That's what you've done. You've created alliances. That really is the, you know, the cornerstone cornerstone of your marketing plan yeah it it feels like it is it definitely does and I really appreciate these relationships obviously Um, and I'm also proud of them because you know they're not going to continue to um, send people they care about to me whether they're doctors or other types of of professionals unless um, they're getting decent results okay so you made a deal with me and now I have to cough up a story (laughs) 
Okay, so this is very short. I've got a consulting client who, sorry, um, her business, she's a consultant. And, you know, and she wants to have her clients perceive her value and not try and, you know, um, nickel and dime her, not hesitate when she tries to sell them something new. And so we talked about, you know, well, what is the value? And who are the ideal clients? And what are the services she really wants to focus on? And she says, well, you know, it's all clear. It's already there. All the messages are there. So we look at her marketing materials and I tell her, actually, it's not. Because if you look at what you've written here, you're directing them towards price Mm. over and over and over. And if you're doing that, well, you can't say that you want them to respect your time and then put their attention on money. Mm-hmm. Talk to them about the value. Talk to them about how will their life change as a result of working with you? How will their business get better? Talk to them about how you understand their problems. And if you really focus on the ideal client, you can do a better job of that. If you start going in broad terms about, oh, this is what I do, <laughs> they're never really going to get it. So mm-hmm. if you want someone to respect your time, you have to start by respecting it yourself. That's awesome. It's true. And so many of us, including myself, I put myself squarely in that category. Um, we do. We do. Something happened the other day where I was talking about something like that. Like, uh, I can't remember right now, but, you know, sometimes we get so into our little world, we talk mm-hmm. about something that our client's not thinking about. They're thinking about themselves and their problem. And you're right. They just want us to be able to solve them and demonstrate that that's what we could do. But the best way to do that is by understanding what their problem is, right? Showing that we understand that, which is tricky. So what you're saying is spend spend our efforts doing that rather than selling our services in a way, right? Like, Right, exactly, because then you won't even need to sell your services. They will be sold. Right, (laughs) it's great advice. So we've had a wonderful discussion about how you have faced change bravely (laughs) and you continue to make change. So I read about your program. You've got this new um, Shift Your Gut Therapy Method a 12-week program that combines personalized approach to gut health with group support. Tell us a little bit about it. What made you start this new program after you've already been doing well with the services you already had? Okay, that's a great question. Um, So to be honest, the idea of providing one-to-many service, which is what this is, evolved from the fact that my schedule was just getting really, really full. And I mean, that's the, I tell people who I work with the same thing. And I was, without even realizing it, developing my own kind of signature way of approaching gut health issues. And so needless to say, even though the level of service was customized by individual, a lot of the materials that I was using to support the work we were doing together was the same, right? So, um, I really, really want to, I set out in 2021, the end of 2020, actually, to figure out, it's not an, it's not like for the week apart, this doing, creating these types of programs and whatever. And I set out to figure out how I could deliver the information in an educational format. Um, so the first 
go around at a group that I did, I pushed out the emails. Um, for example, the week I developed all the materials, the support materials properly. And I have to really clearly communicate when you're doing it this way, right? So that was took some time. And then I pushed out the weekly information. I held a beta program, a beta group, a test group. And I pushed out the information via emails to them every week. And we got online once a week as a group. So I did an individual take intake with everybody, knew what everybody's specific issues were. Clearly, there was a lot of crossover. We got into onto Zoom once a week for a virtual clinic, which is like a Q&A and discussion of the week's topic, and really got into helping in a community environment. And the one wow. thing I hadn't anticipated, I really didn't. I told you I'm honest. It was completely selfishly driven. I wanted to <laughs> square away some time where I could do what I'm doing, but in a small group. And the feedback from that beta test group was they loved being in community with people over this issue because in their private lives, they can barely talk about it most of the time, right? right? Embarrassing. So it was such a win for them and it was such a beautiful um, feedback. So for the beta test, there were eight people and seven out of eight people had their digestive issue nearly fully resolved by the 12 weeks, which is amazing, um, really amazing. <laughs> Wow, that's um, really actually very fast for natural care. Right, yeah, and supplement-free. This was just diet and lifestyle. It was quite tremendous. The point in the program is to help people, um, where possible, to sort of discover what the root cause is. You can have people with two, two people with the same issue, let's say constipation, but have very different reasons why they're having that issue. So that's the customized element. You need really have some good oversight and guidance for that. But generally speaking, um, it's really to help people, the participants acquire education and information that enables them to make shift and changes, right, in their diet and lifestyle that bring them to the point where, I mean, someone with IBS is probably always going to have IBS, right? But helping them understand what their triggers are or what, um, what they need to do to keep their symptoms in check that's a skill, that's a life skill, right? And so the goal for the end of the program, more than anything, is to have people have reduced or resolved symptoms. But more importantly, if these things arise, they have the toolbox to help them, you know, get right back into it, which a lot of people have told me, finishing that that's because I, you know, check in with them, that's what happens, that they have come across places or times like this. And now they feel like they're empowered to, to take care of it themselves, which is my ultimate goal. But just going back to the practice management um, aspect of this, um, you know, it got to the point where I had a choice. I either could like literally be busting nine to five, Monday to Friday, seeing people individually. I had to try something else. I didn't want it to be that way particularly. Right. And so I'm grateful that this became another option. Um, So I don't know, like, I think, I think, um, people would call that maybe some, in a sense, scaling, but different than what you would normally expect, right? Right. However, you used you used what has been a tried and true process for you because yes. you started with a test as opposed to launching this big service, making this big announcement. You did a small test. You took away the risk from yeah. launching this new true. service. I see the <laughs> pattern. And it's, it's such a great way of stepping up for these changes. You're right. I hadn't realized that, but you pointed it out to me today. 
Well, you are not as brave as I thought I was. (laughs) You're smart. You're not just brave. You're smart. (laughs) It's true. What you're saying is true. That is probably the best way to do things like this, right? Hmm. Um, It's so funny because the name of my my business, Shift Nutrition and Wellness, actually started. I gave a lot of thought. You know me. Like, you know, I would have given a lot of thought to what I should call this. And it was literally just taking recipes and shifting the ingredients to make them a little healthier. Like oh. I've always sort of believed in the small shift kind of approach, right? So I guess that is how, how I function through this. Funny enough. <laughs> the egg rolls you talked about <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the unwrapped egg rolls. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of our listeners, or maybe some of our listeners, will also be thinking about their own changes you know, starting their own practice, if maybe they're working for someone else, or growing their firm, or going off in a completely different direction, to chase dreams, or to fake retire. Do you know anyone's yeah. doing this? Fake retire? I do. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to retire. I'm starting a business. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that a lot. Yes, definitely. It's wonderful. So- what would you say to them? Do you have any any advice for, for these brave, brave souls? Oh, my goodness. Um, I don't know that I'm in the position to give that advice. But I think I would say, definitely, uh, from my perspective, definitely try and do something that you're passionate about. Um, if you can, that's, a, I know, that's a really lucky thing and a very fortunate thing. But if there has to be something that particularly interests you. And the other thing is, don't feel like you have to go from A to Z overnight, like really take the small risks, I guess, as we're talking about, and just, um, just go inch by inch, like, you know, think like just a few steps ahead of yourself, sort of what you think you want to do next, and make it happen. And that's the other thing I will say. One thing I've noticed, and this is what my advice also, don't even think about it not working, it's going to work. It's work, it will work. That's amazing. What's next for you, Bonnie? Um, I'm just in the process of thinking through that, actually. So (laughs) I am, I know there's a few things that I have to do. I'm actually currently involved um, in some coaching as well um, to see about what the scalability is in terms of a next step. So for me, um, my greatest interest really is in how many people I can make aware of the group model service because I can service more people there. And um, that's what I'm trying to work on next. So it's a bit of lead generation, figuring out what the best um, approach for that is, which I find very difficult. Um, Yeah. So I would say in the immediate future, again, just looking at a little at a time, that's sort of my next step. Wonderful. Wishing you Lots of luck with it. And I have great confidence you you will be successful. Thank you. Thank you so so much. To our listeners, if you are interested in learning more about gut health from Bonnie, our guest and well-known digestive health expert, go to bonniewisner.com. And before we sign off, Bonnie, can you give our listeners one of your terrific wellness tips as we get ready for the maybe not so relaxing holidays. <laughs> Absolutely. So if for all of us, but if particularly if you're somebody who either chronically or just based on holiday stress um, 
you know, has tummy troubles or an undependable um, digestive system, meaning, you know, problems arise, I would say start preparing yourself and your system even before you get to the event. So really start with stress reduction, deep breathing exercises. Um, if you're somebody who really is struggling around the food piece, make a plan for yourself before you even leave your house. So, you know, if that means you're going to eat most of what you need to, to feel comfortable at home before you go out to your gathering, do that and just pick from what you're most comfortable with at the gathering. But in my experience, um, and we talk about this an awful lot in um, the Shift Your Gut Therapy Program, um, really a lot of the issues that arise have very little to do with the food that you're being confronted with. They actually have to do with the anxiety and worry around things like travel or around things like being around certain family members <laughs> or whatever. And actually, if you're interested, um, I know you directed people to my website, which is great, but I think it would also be good. Find me on ship on Instagram at shift nutrition and wellness, um, because if you'd like to send me a DM and I'm happy to send you um, a video of some tips that um, will help you over the holiday season. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Bonnie, for your time and your, you know, honest sharing of stories that will help our listeners. I've really enjoyed talking with you today. Thank you so much for listening. This has been fun. You've been listening to Get in the Driver's Seat. Mm-hmm.